Hello and welcome to the Tight on Entry Racing Podcast, the fastest growing podcast on Spotify. My name's John, and I'm joined with my co-host, Alex Lynch. How's it going, Alex? I am fantastic. Is that it? Yep. There's okay. a lot of things happening going on well, in the world. Well, Aaron Judge just hit his 60-second home run. That's why I'm fantastic. Oh, that's exciting. You should have seen me in the room. Meg was like doing something in the room and I wasn't like paying attention. I was like clearing my, my desk off and everything. And then um, Aaron judge hits it and I started jumping up and down. I thought I tore my ACL. I run over to my dad and his man cave and I was like, you don't even have the, the game on. Are you kidding me? Oh, he wasn't watching. No, that's why he hit it. I was having a running joke. My dad, every time he wasn't watching had like didn't have when he didn't wasn't watching he would hit a homer so i was like look see you weren't watching he hit the record-breaking homer so you, you caught his ass red-handed i did i did i did so very exciting stuff well very over. exciting stuff continues into the nascar world we just got out of talladega which was a surprisingly calm race um but i think that was much needed for nascar we've had a few bad weeks with just random bs going on um so it was kind of even though you know you go to talladega for the excitement it was nice to have a more laid back not laid back but um yeah the racing was still like on edge it was just i think that was the most tense i've ever gone into a talladega race because of like the car safety being such a point of view and a topic to discuss from drivers getting mad at NASCAR to NASCAR being like, why well, she were doing stuff. And then the drivers being like, why aren't you telling us that I was pretty tense going into it? Cause I was like, I do not want a big one for another playoff driver to get a concussion and be like, Hey, I can't race anymore. Like and, I did not want that. And I think everything got a little bit more eerie with the Jordan Anderson, um, wreck on, was that Friday night, Saturday night? <laughs> yeah. And it's not even it. in the full cup series in the trucks. Exactly. The artist explodes. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't really, I didn't really pay attention to what happened. Um, like what he was what literally just happened. like driving and then something in the engine or whatever, like a part failed and the car just burst into the flames and the fire went immediately into the cabin and he started getting like sec. He ended up getting airlifted from the track and he had second degree burns all over his body. And it was so bad that he was like literally jumping out of the car while the car was still rolling. Yeah, and I rewatched the video and he was like almost hitting his head on the inside wall and he almost like knocked himself out, like trying to get out because he was just on fire. Yeah, he and... got really lucky. Um, honestly, if you rewatch it, it almost looks like like he realizes the last second he's going to hit the wall and he clinches up against the car. But when he hits, his back still hits the wall pretty hard. Like, yeah, he definitely has like he definitely has some bruising there on top of his. Oh my God. I don't remember where they said the burns were, but I, I think don't it's think... his neck. Yeah, that's burns on his yeah. Because when you think about it, like the neck, I guess technically is the uh, least protected. I mean, yeah, they have the helmet, but like the fire suit stops at a certain point. Well, they have they a don't... they have a neck sleeve or something. Or they have yeah, like the, but what do you call it? The, yeah, but the, the head's the... yeah, but like that's it. That's all they got right like where the fire suit you have another suit underneath the fire suit and then you have a third one that protects your private parts so they have like technically like three suits on yeah where the where the neck has the driver's sock whatever they put on in a helmet and that's it so yeah not so, good for him but it's just crazy that that looms over with like car safety because the car safety discussion has been in the cup series 
and now you have a truck series car just exploding into a fireball that's and that's honestly just a freak accident that's just a, a part breaking like nothing else besides it that's not like what's been going on in the cup series because they're still using the same exact truck right they remodeled a little bit of the body and that, that's pretty much it so that's just a freak accident and i'm glad no one's really talked about it like crazy because it's just a freak accident the more yeah. concerning issue is with the cup cars definitely a scary situation um and and when you first saw him like you almost like my immediate thought was oh my god he's gonna get a huge penalty for doing that obviously yeah. you then learned that he got airlifted and it's like oh okay well <laughs> can you like, imagine a mascar like, slapped a penalty yeah. on him? <laughs> <laughs> they go you should not have done that here's a five hundred thousand fine <laughs> we know you have birds but it doesn't matter it's like christopher bell this week at talladega when he was spinning out on pit road and they slapped that at too fast entering on him yeah he was literally spinning out crashing and they were like nah you came into pit road too fast penalty. yeah number one <laughs> action like what if they just hit him with an actions detrimental to stock car racing um but that that christopher bell penalty was so funny dude <laughs> and it's if the caution came out that wouldn't have been a penalty because it would have been considered like yeah caution wrecking but because he was because like stayed green they just slapped a penalty on him which i think is hilarious because he just got double screwed i, 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 I want to hear the radio communications on that and how pissed he was after that Maybe it's on the radioactive. I haven't checked the radioactive yet. I don't even know if it's posted. I really hope it is because that is. That yeah, is so I need funny. to. I need to hear it. Oh my god. Um, but speaking of, you know, um, NASCAR decisions and pit road, William Byron is set to appeal his penalty from two weeks ago. What's yeah, that all right. about? Give me the rundown. So, there. uh, it happened last week. Um, that Hendrick Motorsports announced literally on the Monday that William Byron at, oh my God, where did we just race at before Talladega? Why can't I remember this? Oh my God, John, um, I don't remember. Where did we just race? Texas. Uh, Texas, yes. So caution gets thrown out, right? <clears throat> and Byron was displeased with Denny Hamlin and he wrecks him under caution. He then admits to it in a post-race interview. Step one of what you're not supposed to do. So as he admits to that, Hendrick Motorsports then announced on Monday that they were going to try and appeal the penalty. Um, a lot of fans think the appealing means like get rid of the penalty altogether, where the idea here is um, they want to appeal the penalty to make it not as bad for the 24 team. They don't want to make it a huge point penalty because they're going to have arguments that kind of get arose um, or arise from this situation where they're going to make arguments about you should have made a decision in the middle of the race. Why did you wait till after? Even when I admitted to it, da 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 da. They're going to keep making that assumption of like NASCAR should have penalized me in the race at some capacity for spinning them out under caution. And that's the argument they're going to make. Whether that's the right argument or not is up for debate. I still think another point added to this is they appealed for this last week and NASCAR said, yeah, we won't make the decision until after Talladega. This is a playoff driver. You can't wait to make the decision until after a playoff race happens at Talladega. Cause now you're leaving like the other drivers that are fighting for their lives to get out of the cutoff. Like what the hell do I do? Cause if Byron gets his penalty appealed and he magically goes, if they gave him back his 25 points, 
he would shoot right up to being like just under Logano or just under Larson. And he would have like a very comfortable cushion if he got his points back. So it's like, how are you going to wait this long to make that decision? And even is that even the right idea to even try to appeal this in the first place? What an idiot. What an absolute idiot. And (laughs) I I don't even know where to begin. Um, We could start with the fact that he spun Denny under caution. Just so stupid. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Like, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't understand where his mind was at, where his brain was at, especially when you consider the whole beef he had with Joey Logano at um, Darlington earlier this year. Whole different story. Um, don't really want to get too much into his his rationale behind it, but um, I I cannot believe Hendrick is appealing it. Like I think it's just an awful decision like an awful decision um and i get he, he wants he's up there upset because he didn't get the penalty mid-race well too bad well denny hamlin got a penalty mid-race and he didn't do anything you wrecked him he lost uh at the time like 15 spots yeah i'm sure denny would trade that mm-hmm. in for a, a fine any given day but he can't he can't do it because you wrecked him under caution and nascar penalized him for that um i guess they didn't penalize him but they made him stay in line which whatever sure so I think it's absolutely ridiculous to expect to get any points back. I don't think NASCAR will give them any points back. If they, if NASCAR does agree with anything they say, I think they might just um, give them some of that monetary fine back. Yeah. So I know there was a monetary fine included, a $50,000 fine included. Yep. I could see, I, I don't see them changing the playoff points though, especially with, like you said, the implications. Um, yeah, I think you would just create way too much more controversy. That, that's oh my God, absolutely. absolutely. And that's the part that blows my mind that Hendricks even, pursuing this is because like i just said i mean or like you just said the controversy why are you going to keep more spotlight on your driver who just made a bonehead mistake i mean they could do that to try and pull some controversy away from driver safety if they really want to that's that's like a big brain like conspiracy idea obviously but like could be a thing they want to do and maybe they would consider it and be like yeah maybe we should have done it NASCAR would be dumb enough to try that. So I don't think it's you said like bad decision by Hendrick. I don't think it's a bad decision by Hendrick because I think in this point in the game for the playoffs and everything, if I'm the owner, I'm going to try my best to attempt to get points off. It's a bad decision because you're not going to get the points back. But I don't think it's a bad decision in terms of like actually trying to get points back. Like, I think if you were the owner, if Denny Hamlin for 2311 is doing it, he would do the same thing. He'd be like, well, I'm going to try and appeal it. If it doesn't work, so be it. Because they're not going to get the points back. You admitted to it on live television that you wrecked him under caution. Yeah. So he's going to get reamed by Mr. H. 24 will be out of the playoffs. And then that will just leave the 200 drivers that everybody expected to move on, which is Logano and Chase, to move on. And it's hilarious that William Byron shoots himself in the foot to get out of the playoffs, and Bowman just has it out of his control. So very unfortunate for them, but I don't think it's a bad decision by Hendrick to at least attempt to get the points back. Yeah. Um, you know, Hendrick has had a very up-and-down week, I guess you could say. I mean, started with the Byron penalty. They started with the Bowman um, concussion out of the car. Yep. It just been announced out of the car. This yeah, he's he's out of the car again for the Roval, which puts him out of the playoffs, which is yeah. I am a Bowman fan, so it hurts my feelings a lot. Yep. Um, because it's like 
like I didn't pin him to make it out of the round of 12 anyway. I'm a realistic fan. It's like it is what it is. He had a very horrible summer. But it hurts when you don't even get the chance to at least attempt it, right? Because he was finding some steam a little bit. He was getting top 10s again. And it was like, all right, maybe he can get it done. And now because of this stupid car and you watch Bowman's wreck at Texas and you're like, that's the wreck that made him concussed. Like how rigid is this car to actually do that? So I don't know. I mean, it was similar with Kurt Busch. Yeah. You look at the hit and you're like, okay, that's not that bad. Bowman's probably out for the rest of the year. He's probably not right. They're probably going to let Gregson just get a lot of seat time in the cup car and like an actual car. And then he'll switch to the 42. Is Gregson work? Is is he running this week in the 48? Yeah, he'll be in the 48 again. So the funny thing about that, I think it's hilarious. Um, this actually goes back a couple weeks, but when he won at Texas, he won at Texas um, in the Xfinity series. And during his post-race interview, he, he told the media, um, whoever was interviewing him, yeah, I think I'm done racing um, Cup Series this year. You know, I still have a couple more races on with, yeah. uh, you know, uh, whatever car he was running. I forget. I can't think of the top of my head. The uh, Colic team, Colic. Right? Yeah, he was supposed to run a couple more with Colic. And he's basically saying, yeah, I don't really want to run um, Cup anymore. I just want to focus on the Xfinity Series Championship. Well, then literally three years, three days later, Bowman announces he's out of the car and that Gregson's in. And I just think it's so funny. It's almost like yep. he thinks at the fact that the opportunity to get into a really good car. Yeah. Um, he didn't do too bad at Dega. I don't remember his well, overall finish, but yeah, but it's like he's still a well-established driver, and he's gonna have to. That's like that's a. I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking that in the back of my head was like he doesn't want to. He wanted to focus on just getting an Infinity Championship. He also has his health. Um, the dude holds his breath at every finish, and that's why he freaking throws up in the car. Mm-hmm. Well, he's been ha- he's been having to see doctors about it because the the doctors like, dude, we got to make you stop holding your breath somehow yeah. in some capacity well apparently and, he had like acid reflux too yeah which doesn't help and it's hilarious when you see him climb out of the car and you just hear junior in the background on the broadcast being like oh my god he did throw up <laughs> and you just see like all yeah. of this throw up on his pants it's so gross it's so gross but he did jump at the opportunity and i don't blame him it's a 48 car like it's oh, a yeah. very prestigious number it's with one of the most successful racing teams ever in nascar history i would take that opportunity yeah i think i mean you'd be dumb not to um but you know a couple of things you just said that i just want to talk about real quick or not talk about just just make my comment um dale earnhardt in the booth has been amazing the last month or so he has just completely bloomed as a um, announcer over this past summer in my opinion and has been so enjoyable to watch you just like anytime like I was literally watching um I was watching football this Sunday and I had um my the race on my computer. And so the TV was a little bit louder than my computer, but anytime something happened, I just heard Dale yelling. But whether it was I, I don't I don't yeah. even remember exactly what it was. It brings the excitement, dude. Yeah, like that's what it needs. Like you just need someone that's just gonna go in there and kind of not worry about what anybody thinks. Um oh, and then the next point, we talked about the 48. Um that kind of brings me to another point that we didn't even put on our list of things to talk about, but Jimmy Johnson has announced that he is retiring from the IndyCar series and he's going to be racing part-time and do kind of 
events that he like like uh that he wants to do um bucket list events yeah one of those is the indy 500 and coca-cola 600 double and there are not even rumors but basically it, it's almost been announced at this point that he's going to yeah. be racing in a third track house car um for that double which is really exciting the interesting thing though um track house came out today and basically said that if he does do that, it won't be in the 91 car. No, and I thought it would be in the 91 car. Yeah. But they were like, now nah, we're going to get a new car for it. I was like, yeah. oh. So, it, the, I mean, is that a branding thing? Is that the fact that they just don't want to, they want that that brand for the 91 to be international drivers? Or or are they already suggesting that they already have someone for the Coca-Cola 600 in the 91 car? Um are they going to go to a fourth car or am I just like over? No, I think I didn't even consider that. And I think yeah. that's very plausible because I, there's always a lot more behind the scenes that we don't know about. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't launch a car like the 91 car. If you didn't have at least a couple international drivers that would actually do it, you wouldn't set it up for like one guy to come in and then hopefully get more. At least I don't think they would. They've been very trackhouse has been very calculated so far and like their decision making. So I think they definitely have another few extra guys in the stable ready to race. And they definitely have somebody ready for it. I don't know if it's that far in the future or if they have like like per se, like right, they have three guys in the pool, but they don't have set races for them yet. They just know they're going to race in the ninety one car at some point. Yeah. So maybe they just don't want to commit to jimmy being in the 91 for the coke 600 because maybe they do want to race somebody like that in it well the rumor is that there have been drivers knocking the door of track house um trying to get in the issue is the, the track house um is really going for an elite a very elite um acumen of drivers they want f1 drivers they want guys who are the top class um and so they've actually been turning a lot of people away, which I think is really cool um, when you really think about it. I yeah, think consider they're a first-year team to be like, nah, yeah, we know what we want. Like yeah. that's that's big balls. And <laughs> it like, is, but it's like it's really it's really going to be good for the sport if we have some elite drivers driving that car next year. We have Daniel Ricardo driving that car next year. We have oh, that would be God forbid Lewis Hamilton driving that car um, next year after he's in the U.S. for a for one of the formula one races in, in the u.s i mean that would the, be so sick it, it would be, be so insane awesome. it'd be insane i think that's what I, I don't know if it'll happen i know um lewis hamilton said yeah he'd be interested in it but um i mean that would be just world shattering if you if you got lewis hamilton into a cop car for even just one road course in coda or something um but yeah really exciting stuff coming in 2023 if they can figure out how to fix this car and all the issues that they're having right now yeah. uh, <laughs> but i mean we could talk about that forever we um, could always talk about it with all the things that do come in 2023 especially since we skipped this point i like to talk about it for 2023 is dingers getting another chance at the full-time mm, composition which like is which is beautiful I did not expect this at all. I did not anticipate Dinger to come into a full-time cup ride. I knew it was like talked about. I knew they wanted to make the 16 in some capacity a full-time car. I just thought they would keep shuffling drivers in all the time. Yeah. Um, 
But the Dinger to make the jump again this late in his career, I kind of wrote Dinger as like the guy that you would need at road courses in the cup level. And then he would just show up at other days and he would just ride his days out in the Xfinity series because he's phenomenal in the Xfinity series. He finds a lot of success there. So for him to want to make the jump again is awesome. I would love to see him in a full-time car. I think the new car made him think they could do it a little bit better because they're seeing teams like, you know, we had 19 different winners this year. It's a big, big jump. And you still have like Truex and Blaney who haven't freaking won a race. So it's like you have guys that like should not have won races this year um, that are winning races because of this new car. So Dinger getting a full-time cup ride is awesome. It's going to really shake up the fantasy makeup too because now we have another driver in the pool that we can really utilize. I am so, 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 so excited for Dinger to be in a cup car again. Um, I I'm, I just think it's going to be – I think since going to Xfinity and make, going X, running Xfinity full-time, Dinger has taken a lot of pressure off his plate. He doesn't feel the pressure to go out there and win. Um, I think he has a lot more fun with it. And a, as a result, we're seeing a lot more of his potential bloom. Um, he's also hitting that crucial age zone. I don't know exactly how old he is. I can look. I just looked it up. He's 40 years old. Okay. So, I mean, the peak age in, in, for NASCAR drivers is 39. Um, and they say that kind of that hot zone is between 39 and 43 40 to 44. Yep. If that's the case, I mean, Dinger is hitting his prime NASCAR years right now. How cool is it that he's going to be in a car um, with, I, I don't know if it's, it's necessarily a, uh, a deep playoff car, but I could totally see him sneak into the playoffs oh, um, easily and, and, and contend for, you know, be there trying to get into the round of eight. Um, if drivers like Austin Dillon and oh yeah Chase Briscoe can sneak in, Dinger yeah. in the mix could easily get over them because he can just run consistent top 15. Exactly. All the time. That's all he needs to do. He just needs, we're not going to get 16 winners next year again. No. If he just runs top 15 every week, I mean, 12th place finish here, 12th place finish there, get some stage points here and there. And then you know with the road courses, he's going to be in the front. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, sometimes. I mean, I just feel like sometimes he overdrives the car in the road courses because he gets too excited. But He does. And he that's another thing with Dinger is he's going to bring another energy to the series because he has that perfect, like, at, with for lack of better terms, like he's the cool dad vibe of NASCAR. Like he's the guy that can just come in and be like, I'm here to just – go to town on a track and I'm going to just slam beers after I win this race in victory lane and do what I want. It's so much energy when he gets out of the car. I love his celebrations when he wins. It's just a good dude to have in the sport yeah. full time and give him some more TV time. It, it, it would literally, I almost see this as if Carl Edward just getting back in the car. Like <laughs> that's the level we're on. Like I'm so excited. He's a no BS guy. He's too old to care. Uh, yeah. he's going to speak his mind. He's going to be a guy like Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin who just, they go out there. If, if NASCAR does something stupid, well, he's going to say it. Um, and he, it's going to be, I think it's going to be really good for that program. I think he's going to be the best full-time driver on in that, in that team. He's going to be better than Justin Haley. Um, so yeah. it's going to be really cool to see. I'm curious to see who his crew chief's going to be. I don't know if they, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They, no, they literally only announced. Well, they, I, yeah. I guess they really haven't. It hasn't been fully. So announced. Well, last time he ran full time was 2018. I thought it was way, way before that. I didn't realize he ran full time in 2018. That sounds about right. He was in the His average game. finish was 21. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, look who he was. 
Oh, uh, that's right. He ran for Daughtry Racing. That's yeah. right. I forgot he did. I mean, not the not the most prized car there, but um, I mean, if Stenhouse is your new driver after Dinger, definitely yeah. not the most prized car. Yeah, no shots. Uh, of, no shots of Stenhouse, of course, but figured out, dude. No, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> not really a shot. It's just speaking the truth. The truth is, um, I want to look real quick these Xfinity Series playoffs. I'm just curious to see where everything's at. I mean, Almond Dinger's leading the him question. and him and Gregson are crazy. And they're leading the Xfinity, obviously, by a lot. Yeah. But Gregson has 56 playoff points compared to Dinger's 38, which is insane. Yeah, but, I mean, well, yeah, it, that is insane. But, I mean, they're both locked into the next round already. Yep. Um, so. so, I mean, we're going to see a race. And, obviously, Ty Gibbs is going to be – the Xfinity Series battle is going to be a really uh, fun one to watch down the line. You have – you have. I mean, I think after the front three, I think Al Geyer will probably um, be in the final four with them barring any issues but yeah you you look at the fact that you're gonna have dinger Noah gregson ty gibbs and ty gibbs and gregson have been um basically in a rivalry all year i didn't even realize like you're gonna have all three of those guys and all three of them are going to the cup next year yep so Xfinity's uh, gonna have a huge hole next year with guys that are gonna start having to step yes. up and move up yes uh, i think you will see some people jump up i mean i think I wouldn't be surprised if you see um, Zane Smith in the in the Xfinity Series next year. I wouldn't be surprised if you see John Hunter Nemechek in the 54 car next year. Yeah. Um, I, I could see Zane Smith jumping up to – I mean, if he's going to stay in the four camp, I could see him jumping into that 98 car. I don't know how long Riley Herbst's deal is, but I really can't see him staying in that car that much longer. Um, but, I mean, if you look at the four, there's not that many Fords to <laughs> – Nope, Ford's in trouble. Um, <laughs> so, Ford's has yeah, always been in trouble, is, though, with their talent. Like, they need to work on that. Their development, yeah. like, they have one, two. They many, don't have many. Time, how many? They have one, two, three, four, five. Basically, five or, yes, yeah, about six or seven full-time Fords in the Xfinity Series. That's basically Toyota. Yep. I mean, Chevy Chevy clearly has like the dominant well, yeah. factor, but yeah, those two are kind of lacking a little when it comes to player or racing development for drivers well, and driver development. But they still figure it out. They still find guys who need to, and they always have a diamond in the rut come in. So yeah. Toyota's not, always taking a different approach as well. Yeah, I'm not too worried about them. But that's crazy to have three guys in the Xfinity that will make the potentially make the championship four all be moving on to the yeah. cup series next year. I think that's awesome to see all yeah. those guys move up. Um, Toyota almost, almost takes a uh, quality over quantity kind of yep. game plan. Whereas um, Chevy's always gone quantity and I mean, it works for them. It works for them both. So no heating here. Um, but looking ahead to the Roval, actually hang on before we move to the Roval, I want to talk about um, a few weeks ago, me, Hunter, and Alex. Hunter was our guest on that episode. Uh, I don't remember exactly what episode it was. I think episode eight or something like that. We did a playoff draft. So if you don't remember that or if you didn't listen to that episode, make sure you go back and listen to that episode right now. But essentially what we did is we drafted, we each drafted four drivers who um, were competing in the playoffs this year. 
And then essentially what we were going to do is by the end of the season, we're going to total how many points they had at the end of the playoffs um, with obviously, I mean, the players who make the, or the drivers who make the final four are going to have more points, but um, average those totals and see who had the best draft. So right now Hunter is actually leading, which is really annoying, but he's going to lose at least one driver this round. That's Alex Bowman. He's on his team. His team is Denny Hamlin, William Byron, Christopher Bell, and Alex Bowman. Bowman's going to fall out um, this round, but Hunter does have 12,199 points at this at this point in time. I'm in second with a whopping 11,372. My team is Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, Kevin Harvick, and Ryan Blaney. And Alex is in dead last with Hell Mark. Hell yeah. Logano and Kyle Busch. So, I thought my pick was great. And it wasn't. Yeah, well, you got screwed by Reddick, and you got screwed by Kyle Busch. Um, yeah. Whereas I got screwed by Kevin Harvick's abysmal, abysmal round one. And yep. um, I mean, Kyle Busch had just the same. So. Yeah. So, um, that I just wanted to give you guys an update on that before we roll into the Roval. So, Alex, give me a little, little bit of a rundown. Who do you see as the contenders this week? Um, and, and who who are you looking at to kind of shine in Charlotte? The Roval obviously is always going to be. I especially looked at the last four winners um, for the Roval, um, and I believe Chase Elliott won two out of the last four. So immediately, I was like, well, obviously, then it's Chase Elliott for consideration there. So Chase Elliott's going to be. One of the guys that you always expect to be at the role is because of his pedigree for road racing so far. Um, I expect Larson to be just as good. I'm kind of heavy-handed on the Chevys, and I didn't realize that because Reddick has kind of shined to be another guy as well that can really come out at the road courses. And the Roval, I understand, is a little bit different than a full-on road course. But Reddick has really shown what he can do this year. Chase Elliott's phenomenal. Kyle Larson won it last year. So he's another guy I'm anticipating um, moving forward with that. Like maybe on the Toyota side, I didn't realize how sneaky good Kyle Busch was. Kyle Busch had a top five finish here last year, and he's actually not bad at the role overall. I think his average finish was like a 10.6. Um, and then Christopher Bell is another guy I'm kind of targeting in Toyota. I think Denny would be good too, um, but I kind of have to wait and see after practice and qualifying. But I'm really really interested to see the Chevys because I think the Chevys have been really well at the Roval. So I'm really anticipating Elliot Reddick, Larson, and even maybe Byron. Byron's really struggling here. I think he needs a big day. He's going to put his all into that car and the emotional side of the driver is going to come into play here. So I'm very big on Chevy going into this weekend. So you're targeting Chevy. I'm actually going to be targeting Ford this week. Ford is also uh, sneaky good. So Ford is has been really, really good on road courses this year. I took a look at the last four road courses, um, and you'd be surprised who the top three are in average finish. It's Michael McDowell, Austin Sindrick, and Christopher Busher. They're all rock, rocking a sub 7-0 average finish over the past four. Um, McDowell has four top tens and, and a top five. I mean, really impressive, impressive stuff from that car. He's yeah. also leading the fantasy points in that time span with 137 compared to, or he's not leading, but he's up there. Um, Chase Elliott's actually leading. No, Logano's leading. Um, yeah, Logano, I was just about to say, I pulled up the stats. Logano has two top tens and one top five in five races. Yep. 
Um, obviously, if you want to go look at, I mean, Tyler Reddick, I mean, it's he, he has those two wins, as mentioned. Um, but with three top fives as well. Yeah. With an average finish of 9.8. But Sindrig is sneaky good. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, seven I'm, average finish of seven. It, it almost, it's almost about like, what you're going for if you're going for consistency or if you're going for a guy who's going to go out there and score potentially score 60 points like Tyler Reddick or a guy who could go out there and score 25 for your fantasy team um like Tyler Reddick so yeah if you want consistency if you if you're content with 40 45 points maybe one of those forwards is the way to go but if you if you're kind of looking to make up some points or if you're looking to kind of put the nail in a coffin, the Chevy is, it might be the right direction, especially when you consider Chase Elliott. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> and considering looking at the top 10 too, as I pull them up in the racing reference, I just did a quick last five races, right? Cause this is the final road course race for the season. So mm-hmm. the five road courses we've done this year, Chase Elliott's first, Logano second, Centric third, McDowell fourth. This is in ranking of fantasy points, I should say. So yeah. Chase Elliott's first, Logano second, Austin Centric third, McDowell fourth, Reddick fifth, Suarez sixth, Busher seventh, Blaney eighth, Chastain ninth, Kyle Larson tenth. Top ten drivers, not even a Toyota in sight. Toyota is at eleventh. Christopher Bell is the next best. I'm telling. And then you. after Christopher Bell, the only other Toyota that shows up is Denny Hamlin in twentieth. So the Toyotas have not done anything on road courses. Abysmal. Abysmal. So what we're saying is, is John is targeting the Fords as you should be. And I'm targeting the Chevys as you should be. Maybe you want to do a little bit of both. Who knows? Hunter, I know you listen to these and you better not be listening all the way because I need you to pick different drivers than me. And I need your drivers to crash for the fantasy. Well, if Hunter wants to go, um, kind of ulterior christopher bell obviously wouldn't be an awful option i mean like he would not be he's 11th in those points um average finish 13.6 i think that's a little deceptive though i'm not sure i'm surprised how i'm surprised how good suarez is suarez is six with 151 fantasy points three top tens and three top five so the three top tens he got were in a top five and one of them was also a win yeah. earlier in the year so yeah. with an average of 151 points in fantasy that's pretty good average finish at 12.6 it's like things like that like track house has been phenomenal so chevys are definitely the way to go this time around and maybe the fords as well as you said so we'll see what happens to them forward with them um and they're doing very well in the playoffs as well so far with the chevys when you look at the grand scheme of things it's all chevy and fords except yeah, it's all Chevy and Fords. Christopher Bell's even out of the round of eight. There's not a single Toyota, or Denny Hamlin, sorry, I'm ignoring yeah. Denny. Denny's the only Toyota in the playoffs of the round of eight. So that's crazy to think yeah, about it like moves, that. And this is not the best not the best uh, track for them. I'm curious to see what kind of car they're going to bring, what kind of investment they've thrown at the, at the, the road course programs over the past few weeks, knowing that this is coming, um, and that yeah. it's a crucial race for their their own championships and their and their playoff championships um if you had to pick a driver outside the top 10 actually we'll go to outside the top 11 because i don't want you to pick christopher bell (laughs) um what drivers uh, do i think will shine yeah what what driver do you think is going to sneak in and finish in the top 
in the top seven this week? I think Briscoe. Oof. Because Briscoe's he's top fourteen in fantasy points this year at Road Course, so he's not terrible. Um, he's only outshined by Harvick in thirteenth at a hundred and twenty-one points to one hundred and seventeen for Briscoe. So, and Briscoe is also has a lot riding on this. He's eighth on the cutoff. He is breaking the tiebreaker with Sindrick right now, and Sindrick, as we just said, is in the top five. So, I think on just you know when you're talking about fantasy and what your like heart is about like certain drivers, you think you kind of throw statistics out the window, and you think about like what's at stake. And Briscoe has shown to be not the greatest road coursing driver, but he can get the job done to make sure he advances. So I think he's a guy that could potentially propel himself to move up. Um, other than that, my pick would have been Bowman because Bowman actually sits right behind Christopher Bell on road courses. But since he is concussed, I'll go with... I said Byron would have a potential sneaky a little bit earlier, so I'll go with Byron again because Byron's right next to Denny Hamlin in terms of fantasy points overall over the road course races. Byron has not been good at road courses. So I think Byron's another driver that has a lot at stake to really show what he can do. So those are my two picks. Another Chevy and another Ford. (laughs) You're you're going with Byron and, um, and, and Briscoe. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with someone who's a little bit you know they had one bad road course and that was when they crashed at Indy. Otherwise, they've had really good stats, so they're deceptively um, back there. Kevin Harvick, he was eleventh yeah. at Austin in Coda this year, fourth at Sonoma, tenth at um, at Road America. He was thirty third at Indy where he crashed, but then twelfth again at Watkins Glen. So he's been. He's been out there. I mean, it's, I mean, 10th place finishes at a road course. I mean, that, that's, it's not the best day ever, but I mean, it's a, still a quality day. Anytime you can walk away with the top 10, that matters. Um, so I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick for my selection as a sleeper. So if you're low on picks or someone, look to Kevin Harvick to sneak into your top 10, potentially be up there contending for a top seven spots. Fancy aside, what are your expectations? Um, from a NASCAR playoff race perspective, it's a cutoff race. Who do you see missing? Who do you see making it? Um, I see, as I just said, is one of my picks to move on. It's very wishy-washy with me. I can see Briscoe not making it because there's a lot riding on it. As I said, I think he does shine, but since he's tied with a guy like Cindric for the cutoff, I think it's incredibly hard for him to try and advance out. Um, that being said, it's, going to be really hard for anybody to really mess this up i think that doesn't Mm. advance out of the playoffs oh you just jinx somebody yeah but like even if they like even if they completely wreck out they still have like anybody lower than denny is going to be in trouble if they wreck out but even if denny wrecks out he may be okay chastain's going to be okay blaney's going to be okay and obviously chase is okay but you have byron that has the point penalty he's not that far behind he can advance out Christopher Bell basically needs to win Bell will not make it on points and Bowman is out so now you only have two guys of Cindric and Byron that can really advance out because Christopher Bell only has 3,036 points and the cutoff is 3,069 so he needs Cindric and Briscoe to crash or Christopher Bell needs to win the race so 
I, it's going to be challenging. And I don't think this race is going to be as chaotic as the last one because there was a Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott feud last year. So I'm thinking there is still going to be fireworks because it is a playoff cutoff race and the Roval always produces very fun playoff cutoffs. I love the Roval. I think it's a very fun track. But I don't think it's going to be as chaotic as last year. I disagree. I I think... Oh, wait. I'm saying I completely forget about Denny and Byron. Why am I like forgetting about this well that that, (laughs) um that and chastain i can totally see someone getting a little bit of payback um or not payback but just not letting think of think of who uh uh who did he wreck at at, uh, oh he wrecked almondinger i mean i don't think almondinger will pay him back no dinger's not going to but so someone could, and it wouldn't be that far fetched to be in a breaking zone and someone just not cut him a break, or someone just gets into his bumper and sends him to a chicane. Yeah. Um. So I mean, that's one example, but it's it's a roval. I'm a little scared as a Denny Hamlin fan. Uh, only 21 points up on the cut line, but he is awful, awful at the Charlotte Roval. He's been abysmal on road courses this year. Um. Um, that 21 points can evaporate much quicker than I think we realize, especially if Cinder gets play, if um, yeah, Cinder gets stage points, if Briscoe gets stage points and yeah. getting trouble early, I mean, has trouble early, that 21 points can evaporate early. And I think the same can be said for any driver, basically Denny and lower. Um, so I, I think, I think we are going to see drama. I don't know what it is. I think something's going to break or they're going to have a problem with steering or one of the manufacturers is going to have a brake rotor problem. Something's uh, gonna... Dude, if there's more problems with the car, <laughs> gonna this be. race, I'm going to just end. There shouldn't be, though, because when we look at every road course that's happened, right, there's been no problems. We know the car is made to be a road course car. Okay. Every The five road course what? races have been fine i it's a roval right maybe it's a little different because they're gonna have the tire pressure gauge is a little bit different because it is a roval it's not a full road course so maybe something happens but i'm anticipating i'm gonna be the complete opposite of you i'm anticipating just the chaos would be driver feuds not like the cars exploding i i don't know i mean this is the most unique road course we've run all year think about it every other road course even indie, even indie, yeah, it's a roval or whatever. Did they do a ton of testing though with the next gen car on the roval? It's like where they did all of their testing with the road courses. Yes, yes, but that was that was a year ago. I mean, at this point, I mean, there's been yeah, but data doesn't lie. Change, yeah, data doesn't lie. But <laughs> I, I will see, we'll see. But like, I'm just saying, these cars haven't been under the load of a high banking. That's true. Track. That's true. The testing wasn't full on. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious to see um, what happens when these cars have, you know, 100 laps under their, under their legs, and um, you know they just they they're going on a long run, and the tires are getting more. I mean, we've had tire issues. I'm curious to see what kind of package Goodyear's brings, um, and I'm actually also curious to see what the weather's going to be in Charlotte this weekend because I wouldn't uh, be surprised. Oh, dude, if it turns into rain, be wet. Get up. Everything up. That's where Hunter makes up 50 points. On no, me. it's it's looking your eye this weekend. Oh, thank God. Um, <laughs> but, hey, forecast change. so mad if it wasn't. Yeah, forecast can change, whatever. 
for fans that don't know, for our listeners, our avid listeners, I uh I'm only leading the fantasy by like 78 points to Hunter, who is one of our special guests in episode seven or eight. And that's an average of 16 points of race in the five races. So really, if it rains at Roval, that can make it so unpredictable for me. And I'm going to lose my mind. And I need to come out on top. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's going to be a really, I think it's going to be a really good race regardless. Why can't you just, you should come down home for the weekend again. You know, you yeah. should just say, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Columbus Day is this weekend. Oh, you coming to Pittsburgh this weekend? I mean, oh, oh, we got options. Who's to say? I, I mean, I've got a, we've got a spare basement. There's a, there's a private shower down there. Um, oh, I get treated like a king. Yeah, we've got, we've got multiple bathrooms in this house and multiple. Fantastic, bathrooms. fantastic. So I mean, so, if you're coming, just let me know. I'll, I'll set up the uh, room for you. I'll make a decision. Um, hey, Meg. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Meg's our special guest today, in case anyone didn't um, notice. Meg, Meg started laying down. She finished her grad work. Hey, Meg, you want to go to Pittsburgh this weekend? She said no. <laughs> <laughs> She's a hater. Anyway, um, you never gave a full answer of like who you think actually. I gave you my answer of who I think fails out. So you said a um, lot of drama. You got any answers for me of a driver that does fail out of? Uh, Kyle Larson. Okay. I respect um, that. He's yep. not that far above, and he dropped three points at Dega. So, yep, I could just nice totally play. see. I don't know why I could just see him having issues. It just seems like every year he gets something like, happens to him. Like, I mean, I mean, obviously he won championship, but um, I could see him having issues. I don't know yeah. why. I just feel. I like mean, he's also qualified only. He's qualified very well at road courses, but his finish is not done well he yeah. average start was an 8.2 and his average finish is almost 17 he has a 16.6 yeah so he's not finishing well and 16 is like just at the cutoff so we'll have to see yeah we'll definitely be watching um we're gonna have some great racing in charlotte this weekend it's clear skies but regardless we're gonna see some chaos Thank you so much for listening to the Tight On Entry Racing Podcast, the fastest growing podcast on Spotify. It has been a pleasure. We will see you guys next week when we discuss what I don't even know what's next week. Alex, next week is going to be, I don't know, Las Vegas, I think. No. Should be Vegas. Oh, it is Vegas. Vegas, Homestead. Never doubt me. What? Never doubt me. Never doubt me. I, I didn't doubt you. <laughs> Vegas for the South Point 400. To Miami. Homestead for the Dixie Baca 400. I am so excited for that race. That's probably going to be one of my favorite races of the year. And then October 30th, we head to Martinsville for the Xfinity 500. I will be there. Um, so maybe I can get exclusive footage for, oh, the, yeah. for the squad here. Uh, we'll throw it up on our social media channels. File set tight on entry, or sorry, it's entry tight um, on social media because I'm pretty sure title entry was taken by a adult film site. Um, <laughs> but was, yeah. and then November sixth, we head to Phoenix Raceway for the NASCAR Cup Series Championship. Again, thank you so much for listening. Have a good one.